The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. Hey, what's happening, ninjas? Welcome back to an action-packed edition of CP Reviewed, the official podcast of Another71.com. As always, I'm your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas, by the grace of God. Happy Tuesday to you. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2016. On today's show, we are going to go over the 12 common CPA exam errors that NASBA wants you to avoid as well as your questions, and then jump into some accounting CPA exam terminology that you need to know for your exam. So up first, we have the 12 common CPA exam errors that we want you to avoid, and you can find this at nasba.org. And so we're going to go through them quickly, and I will add any comments if necessary. So the first one, that they have is don't text and test. And it says, after months of preparation, Jenny was confident and prepared for the CPA exam. During her scheduled break, Jenny sent a text message to her mother to say things were going well. Unfortunately, this is a direct violation of exam policy. Prometric is required to write up the incident and report it to the board of accountancy for further investigation. This may jeopardize Jenny's score. Don't text and test like Jenny. Follow the instructions and leave your cell phone turned off in the locker. And it says, cell phones, once you enter the testing center, you may not access your cell phone. This includes your cell phone during a scheduled break. So it should seem like... um, It should seem like common sense to not use your cell phone during a break because why risk it? But the one takeaway here is they say don't, once you enter the testing center, so that means once you walk through the door, uh, well, (laughs) does that mean once you enter the actual room where you take the exam or once you enter the testing center? I would err on this on the side of conservatism, and once you walk through the building, just don't get on your phone, uh, and you might as well just leave it out in the out in your vehicle. So once you enter the testing center, don't access your phone. I am a huge proponent of waiting out in your car as long as possible, and studying your notes. So do that for as long as possible whatever your week section is, not-for-profit accounting, if you're taking FAR, cram that into your head real quick and then walk into the exam, sit there, and go through the process of, of getting ready to take your exam. So once you leave your car, basically just leave your cell phone in your vehicle. Second one, don't be late. Following years of preparation for the CPA exam, Michelle, who apparently was studying for years before she took the exam, Michelle made one wrong 
turn during her drive to the test center and arrived 30 minute, 35 minutes late. To her disappointment, she was turned away and not allowed to take the exam. Michelle not only missed her appointment, but she was also denied a refund. Don't be tardy like Michelle. Map out the directions to the testing center before your test date and arrive at least 30 minutes early, early before your scheduled appointment time. Michelle clearly did not have Google Maps or Apple Maps. <clears throat> Says, late arrival. If you arrive at the testing center after your scheduled appointment time, Prometric is not obligated to allow you to test. Know where you are going well in advance. And a takeaway here is if you're not familiar with the area and assuming that your exam isn't like in a city two hours away, I would drive it so that number one, you know where you're going. And I would drive it at the same time of day as your exam so that you know how traffic is. So that's what I would do. Third one. Oh no, wrong NTS. Brody didn't check his notice to schedule before leaving the house to take the CPA exam. Mistakenly, he grabbed the previous NTS and not the current one when he arrived at the test center and he was refused entry and could not test. Avoid taking a walk in Brody's shoes. Check your NTS the night before your scheduled test date to ensure that you have the current NTS to bring with you. Takeaway here is the night before your exam, I would make sure I would, I would put your NTS like on the seat next to you and make sure as well as your, um, I believe you have to have two signed forms of identification. Make sure that you have those with you. I would just put everything in like a Ziploc bag and put them, put them in your glove box. Third one, what NTS? After years of preparing for the CPA exam, Henry made the mistake of not bringing his notice of schedule with him to the test center. Unfortunately, he left his NTS at home. Henry knew the date and time and assumed bringing a copy of his NTS wasn't necessary. To his horror, <laughs> he was promptly refused entry to the test center. Don't forget like Henry, bring your NTS to this test center. Yeah, because your NTS has your launch code. So don't be like Henry. Next one, don't get caught in timeout. It was Brad's big day to sit for the CPA exam. He was he had everything he needed to begin testing. Unfortunately, he was completely thrown off by the introductory screens while he waited. The exam timed out and he couldn't be restarted. Don't get caught like Brad. Proceed directly through the introductory screens as instructed. So the takeaway here is you have 10 minutes to read and navigate through the three intro screens before the exam starts. You have 10 minutes. If all three are not completed before the exam, before the time lapses, the exam will end and cannot be restarted. Now this might sound ridiculous to you, but this hasn't happened in a long time, but I think probably about three or so years ago, and I, I remember the email because the person was taking BEC and they were shocked, horrified, uh, beside themselves because they sat there on the during the intro screen and they were writing out all of their 
all it was basically a a brain dump onto their paper back then it was before like the note boards or whatever and you actually had like two sheets of blue paper i think it was and they, they were just writing out all of their formulas because bec has a lot of formulas they're just it's just a brain dump and they got carried away didn't pay attention to the clock or maybe they didn't maybe they didn't even know but their their intro screen timer expired and not only did they not not only were they not able to take the exam that day they uh, lost their exam fee and to add insult to injury they could not take the exam until the next testing window so it's not like they could just go back and take it next week so don't be like brad or the guy who took bec three years ago just take a few minutes write stuff down if you want to maybe three or four minutes that's fine but um be quick but don't hurry or maybe you should hurry <laughs> next one don't stress during testing Shelly encountered a faulty pair of headphones. Okay. Although the exam, th throughout the exam, she kept fiddling with the headphones and could barely concentrate. Don't stay hush hush about your issue like Shelly. If you encounter a problem during testing, report it immediately to the staff. They may be able to help and document the incident. So when they say headphones, they mean like those, those, um, ear protectors like those cheap ear protectors if you're going to a gun range or something and like those really cheap ones those red ones if you have an if you have an issue during your exam you should raise your hand and in theory the proctor will come in and talk to you so but NASA says don't stress because you're annoyed next one not my fault the test scores were were released and Stephen didn't do as well as he had anticipated. Bitterly, he blamed the bad storm on the day of the exam in which he decided to contact NASBA and report a formal complaint two weeks following his test date. Unfortunately, it was too late. Don't procrastinate like Stephen. Issue a formal complaint to NASBA within five days of taking the exam. So if you have an issue, make sure you send an email to candidatecare at nasba.org within five days of taking the exam. They don't say five business days. They say within five days. And do not wait until the score has been released. So some issues. Uh, power might go out or your computer might freeze or I've gotten emails from people who have actually kicked their power cords to their computer underneath the deal. And so in the and then they had to reset and all that. If you have an issue, make sure that you contact them within five days. My guess is what's going to happen is they will say, yes, you had an issue. Uh, you can take your exam again free of charge or let it ride and your score is what it is. And they're not going to let you see your score. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, my... My recollection is that you are either going to be given the opportunity to take the exam again if they can verify that there was actually something that happened. So either take the exam again and you'll never know your score or just live with your score, whatever it is. Next one, but I rescheduled. 
Carla needed to postpone her CP exam due to a medical issue. She decided to reschedule her appointment online with Prometric. Unfortunately, she entered her session on the verification screen and not the appointment complete screen. When she arrived at the test center, Prometric had no record of, of her attempt to reschedule. Don't jump offline too early like Carla. Follow the instructions on each screen and check your email for confirmation of your new appointment time and place. So the takeaway here is once you reschedule or even if you schedule, period, um, make sure that you get the verification email and then double check that verification email to make sure that has the correct city and state and date and time that you anticipated. But I want to sit now. Never thinking ahead, Kate tried to schedule her appointment one week before sitting for the exam. Unfortunately, all the testing centers were completely booked and Kate was forced to reschedule her test later in the summer. Don't wait or procrastinate like Kate. Schedule your appointment early for a better opportunity opportunity to test on your preferred day and time. So if you if you have this great plan to take your exam at the end of the testing window, it's probably not going to work out for you unless you schedule it early because everyone else has the same plan. And um, alternatively, some people are able to take an exam like in a you know in a city three hours away. So that's sometimes an option. But another benefit of scheduling early is because people who and and I know because I was just like this, people who schedule their exam early, like they have a target date. So it's it's not, I'm taking the exam in theory at some day. It's like, no, in 45 days, I'm taking far. And so I I have 45 days and each day, each, each weekend that comes and goes, the stress level should increase. And it should, that stress should hopefully translate into study motivation. So there's a couple of benefits to scheduling ahead of time. Next one, oops, forgot something. Sheldon started the exam with no problem. As luck would have it, the answer to question two came to him suddenly, but he was already on question five. In a panic, Sheldon clicked the exit button rather than the number and exam was prematurely over. Don't misclick like Sheldon. Click on the question numbers to go directly to a specific question. So I recommend um, go into a, the AICPA.org website just to do like the practice sample exam. So your CPA exam software like Ninja MCQ, we can do our, our best to simulate the actual exam software, but no one has it exactly. And so go to AICPA.org and do the practice exam. It's only like a few questions and a sim and a research deal, but it gives you the look and feel of the exam. And the biggest the biggest benefit is to practice the research component, but it helps you to understand how to navigate the exam. Don't click uh, exit unless you are ready to exit your testlet and the exam. Only 10 minutes. After, his, after entering his launch code, Roger had 10 minutes to, to navigate through the three intro screens. Thinking it would take 30 seconds to breeze through them, he began to jot notes down first. Don't get caught off course like Roger. And we went through that before. So the takeaway there is don't assume it's just going to be like click, click, click. 
make sure that you leave yourself enough time. That's the end. <laughs> and I have no idea why I keep doing it in that voice, but it's probably annoying because <laughs> it's annoying me. After entering the launch, her launch code, Maria saw the clock begin with a 10-minute countdown. Okay, are they beating this to death? As the clock ticked away, Maria sat there. So again, you have 10 minutes, people. This must be enough of an issue to where they've devoted like four slides, four out of 12 slides to it. And that's the end, and that is the end. So I hope that was beneficial to you. And so the takeaways there are know where your testing center is, put your ID and your NTS in your glove box, don't take your cell phone into the testing center, um, and you can decipher whether or not the testing center means the actual room or the actual building itself. Um, again, error on the side of conservatism. And don't, don't uh, take your sweet time on the intro screen. You have 10 minutes or you'll be locked out. Let's hit your questions. Austin writes in, I just received my exam results from FAR, and needless to say, my results were less than stellar. I've been reviewing some of your, some of the material that Ninja provides and just wanted some clarification. When you talk about the Ninja method and the first N in particular, you mentioned watching the videos before working any multiple choice questions. Do you mean to watch all the videos in my review course before doing any multiple choice questions? Also, do you recommend to take notes during the lectures or just to rewrite the Ninja notes? Well, the Ninja method, Ninja is nail the concepts, intense notes, nonstop multiple choice questions, just rewrite your notes, and it all comes together in your final review. So the N, the first N is nail the concepts. So that means nail the concepts in your book, so if you, like for instance, if you're just using the 10-point combo to study, that means nail the concepts in the Ninja book. So read the Ninja book, take notes, take your intense notes. So nail, nail the concepts and take intense notes over your book. Or if you're using a video course, get through all of the videos. And then, and after you've taken intense notes over your videos, then jump into the third, the third letter, N-I-N, nonstop MCQ. So that means nonstop MCQ and whatever multiple choice question software you use, I'm biased, I highly recommend Ninja. If you are using Ninja, that means that you've transitioned out of the book or out of the videos, whatever you are using as your base means of learning the concepts, and now you are in multiple choice mode and you're not going back to the videos. You're not going back to the book. Now you're doing only multiple choice questions. And the reason why you don't do the multiple choice questions at the end of each chapter in your CPU review videos, and regardless of whether or not you're, so if your instructor assigns you to do questions to do after each chapter, that's fine if you want to do that. And I, I'm not going to say it's wrong, but it is essentially a waste of your time. Because when you do the questions in week one, you are not going to remember those same questions in week eight. So you're going to end up doing them twice. So it is, so if you spend five hours a week, weeks one through four, working multiple choice questions at the end of a chapter, well, that's 20 hours of study time that you're going to have to redo. It's inefficient. 
So I hope that answers. Uh, and then uh, also, do you recommend to take notes during the lectures? Yes. Take crazy good notes and and then during the J phase of Ninja, N-I-N-J-A, just rewrite it. I had to make it work. <laughs> I had to make rewrite your notes fit into the Ninja acronym. So you have this you have this crazy awesome set of notes. Rewrite those notes. Or if you're if you don't really like your notes and you want to rewrite the ninja notes, that's good too. Either way, the ninja notes are good to review. A lot of people just rewrite the ninja notes. So I hope that answers your question. Saranch says, I just and I'm terrible with names, so I'm sure I butchered that. I just took the audit exam for the fourth time. It didn't pass. Thus far, my scores have been 56, 39, 69, 67. I have a really hard time with the simulations. This time, all around, all I want to do is study simulations and multiple choice questions. What package do you recommend for audit? Well, first of all, I've said that I'm biased and I recommend the 10-point combo, but ultimately, you can check out the demos and only you know if, if they're right for you. But let's take a step back. So the premise of your argument is that you need to study simulations and that's your weak point. And that and I don't and you and I don't know each other and so I'm not I I don't want to be rude, but I want to be helpful. Helpful plus tactfulness. So 56, 39, 69, 67. So that means so your scores are getting better. 69 and took a little bit of a step back with the 67. That's a huge improvement from the 39 and the 56. But it really means that you don't understand the auditing material. And so you're not just a simulation cram session away from passing. Um, just fundament fundamentally, there are some things that you, that you don't quite understand and that you need to spend more time in, be it the, the working relationship between the strength of internal control and how it affects your audit and the audit procedures that you have to do. Okay, or maybe you don't understand um, audit sampling and things like that. And so you're not, so the, the audit package that you have right now might actually be fine. And it's and that's probably the case. The answer is probably not throwing more money at, at your review materials. Of course, I don't, it doesn't say what re, what materials you have. So maybe you don't have any substantial materials, or maybe you have a huge three thousand dollar package. I don't know. If you've already invested in a course, then the question is, how do I study better with that course? Not how do I throw more money at it? And so you need to go back and. Um, I tell people even when even when they score 74, you're not one quote point away from passing. You're actually like if you went people who people who score 74, if they you know they were ready for that exam like three weeks ago or three or four weeks ago, and they're getting their score three or four weeks later, they're not exam ready today. If they went back in and took their exam today, they probably score like a 67, just like you. So. I tell people who score 74, you have to go back from the very beginning and don't cut any corners because what happens is people who just focus on their weak areas end up 
actually scoring lower than they did before. And they're, they're like, well, how'd that happen? Well, it's because you weren't exam ready in those other areas that you were strong in before. And so I recommend going back through the Ninja framework and with your review material and really understanding the concepts. And if you have Ninja MCQ, um, so this, this will be your fifth time taking audit. If you have Ninja MCQ, and if you're trending in the high 60s and you've, and you've gotten through a lot of the questions, you're not exam ready. And, and the software tells you that. And so it would be a mistake to go in and take your, to take your exam. So you're only ready for your exam if you're using Ninja MCQ and you have this kind of a track record with audit. If you are trending in the mid 80s and you hit the review phase, which means that you've answered all of the questions correctly at least once. So that is really the only true barometer that I have to tell you, okay, you follow, you went back and went through all of your review materials for audit. Then you did, all, then you did the multiple choice questions in Ninja MCQ and sprinkled some simulations in as well. Because really simulations are an extension of your understanding of the multiple choice questions. Now there are some, some issues sometimes with, with how, how the information uh, plays out in the actual simulation. So you understand, you understand sampling, but you can't quite get the simulation to work. So that's a that's a question of understanding how to maneuver around in the technology, not whether or not you understand the the concepts. So that's my advice to you: is to go back through your audit materials and really hit those Ninja MCQs hard, <clears throat> and don't take your exam until you're training in the 80s and you and you have at least somewhat gotten close to the review phase. Julia writes in, 68 on FAR. When can I expect to receive my score report from NASBA so that I can tailor my studying for my retake? Normally NASBA sends it out probably a week or two after you get your results, but let's back up. And just like I said to the previous emailer, you really, I mean, the, the score report, well, first of all, it's hard to really decipher anything from those score reports because people will will get their score report back and be like comparable or stronger than an average passing candidate in almost every area. And, and like it doesn't make sense, but they still failed. And so you can't really um, gleam anything from that other than just, hey, I was weaker in, in – so I was weaker in not-for-profit. Okay, well, you probably knew that ahead of time anyway. Going into your exam, you probably knew that you were weaker on not-for-profit. You were, it was just an area that you just hoped that you didn't get as many questions on. So don't tailor your retake based on your score report. You, you really have to do everything that you did to get that 68 and then your weak areas, you really have to hit them hard. But when people like tailor their retake according to their score report, really what that means is that they are going to like cram in those set in those sections and then go back in and take their exam. And that's a mistake. Danny says, by way of introductions, my name is Danny and I am a full-time master of science and taxation graduate student and taking some time off from work after spending three years in public accounting. I plan to go back soon as I finish my CPA, but I'm having difficulty and like your honest personal opinion. I have frequented your blog, which has 
been a great ongoing morale boost over the past year. I'm hoping that you may be able to provide some direction or basic encouragement. I'm, I'm hoping to seek some advice on how to improve my performance on FAR when I retake it. I scored a 67 and a 72. I just took reg and also failed 64, which I found out today. Right now I'm working on retaking FAR, even though I just took reg, and I'm wondering if it is a good idea. Okay, so on that point, it doesn't matter because you're going to have to study for both of them from scratch. So whichever if whichever one is more fresh in your mind or whichever one you hate less, do that one. From a time commitment standpoint, I spent 333 hours over 15 weeks for FAR, 196 hours over seven weeks for FAR, 226 hours over 10 weeks for reg, and 159 hours for the first time I took auditing, I passed with a 77. All right, let's stop there. First of all, um, I tell people that studying more than eight, hour, eight weeks for any exam is a mistake. I have seen other instructors in the industry um, who, who disagree with that, and I strongly disagree with them. <laughs> uh, uh, I think they are flat out wrong. Don't study more than eight weeks for any exam. And the reason for that is because in week eight, you will forget what you studied in week one, and you, you're getting diminishing returns uh, as, you, as you go beyond eight weeks. There is a significant short-term memory component to studying for the CPA exam. You're not going to be an expert on everything. FAR is a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, I didn't come up with that. Someone else did, I think, but I'm... <laughs> That saying has been around for a while. Um, but, um, and so you have to know a lot, or yeah, you have to know a lot about a lot. And so the more that you, <laughs> that's a real pithy saying, isn't it? Um, you have to, like, you want to cram your study session into eight weeks or less because if you go 15 weeks like you did for FAR, you're going to forget that stuff. So if you study the, the basic accounting theory and all that good stuff that you study in chapter one or whatever, you're going to forget that by week 14. And so never study more than eight weeks for any, for any um, exam. And so I recommend six to eight weeks for any exam, eight weeks being FAR, six weeks probably BEC, and study 20 to 25 hours a week. Let's say you study 20 hours a week at eight weeks, that's 160 hours. So you should be studying 140 to 160 hours max for FAR, okay? And so you studied 333 hours for FAR, and you scored a 67. You scored, or you studied 196 hours again for FAR, and scored a 72. 220 roundup, 227 hours for reg. You scored a 64. Like the hours are not what's going to get you there. <clears throat> and over, over a 10 week, so that long over a 10 week period, so study 22 hours a week for reg over seven to eight weeks, get in there and take your exam. I think you're forgetting what you're learning. That's the problem. You studied 160 hours over seven weeks for auditing. Ding, 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 you passed with the 77. So there you go. Uh, 
And so, yeah, and the second time you took far, seven weeks. What did you score? 72. The answer is fewer weeks because you're stretching it out and you're forgetting the information. So I think, I think there's a lesson to be learned here <clears throat> for everyone. So hopefully that helps. 140 hours, 100, so there's no magic number of hours. Maybe it's 100 hours, maybe it's 120, but I don't think it's more than 160, okay? I studied about 130 hours for reg, and I scored a 92. <laughs> of course, I didn't score 92 the first time. Everyone knows that. But so um, I hope that's helpful. So seven, six, seven, eight weeks for any exam. So six to seven weeks for BEC, seven, six to seven weeks for auditing, seven-ish weeks for reg, seven to eight weeks for FAR. And 20, if you're not studying 20 hours a week, you're not studying. And during busy season, that sounds impossible. You've got to figure out how to do it. Final question. Kenny writes in, I just got my FAR score that I took at the end of February. I received a 74. This is much closer than I thought I would get. I had some health issues three weeks leading up to the exam, and my studying was severely disrupted. I rewrote the Ninja Notes a week before the exam, and I was working on the multiple choice when I wasn't doing schoolwork. Since I already have the Ninja Notes, I was wondering if it would be worth it for me to get the Blitz videos and the Ninja MCQ in order to pass this time around. I'm definitely getting the MCQ, but I wasn't sure about the videos because I already have the notes. Um, and he says, I'm glad I was so close to 75, but that one point burns a bit. Um, I also looked at getting the 10-point combo for FAR. Okay, so you already have the notes and you already have the MCQ. Um, get the MCQ and if I were to recommend you getting any other type of study product, it would get the I would get the Ninja Audio because it's different because it's a different format. You can you can study while you're driving. So um, the Ninja Notes allow you to study when you couldn't otherwise open up your full review course. You know, plop out your laptop, open up your book, make a bunch of coffee, um, get your notepads ready. You know, you can just get out the Ninja Notes and boom, you're studying. You're riding on the train, studying. You're driving in your car. You can't study in theory, but you can if you have the Ninja Audio. So definitely get Ninja MCQ. And I would also, if you're going to get a third product, get the Ninja Audio. Back to your 74. Um, that's as, as a two-time member of Club 74 myself, I know the pain. Make sure that you don't, I mentioned before, don't run any shortcuts. I scored my first 74 in reg, and I did not want to study AMT and like kind of exchanges because I just, I would rather, um, <laughs> I'd rather water, <laughs> I'd rather waterboard myself than, uh, than, uh, than study those. And so I went back in and guess what? I scored a 74 again. It wasn't until I went back from scratch, studied all, everything that got me to the 74 plus the stuff that I hated. And then I scored my 92 on regulation and I wish you the same success for far. Well, that does it for this edition of CPA Reviewed. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can you can hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash another71. And if you're not a member of the CPA exam forum, we have like a ton of people on there, and the study groups are very active. And there's a ton of posts and a ton of great value. So please visit the CPA exam forum. Uh, registration is three equal payments of free. So get in there and get it done. 
Hey, if you want to be in a future edition of the podcast, go to another71.com, click in the upper right-hand corner, click Ask Jeff, and I will do my best to get your question in there. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, it ain't easy now, but it'll be harder soon. 2017's right around the corner, dude. Don't wait until it's too late, that ain't cool. Listen to my rhymes and you could be a ninja too. This new exam is bound to stress you out, man. That's why I'm here and I'm warning you now, man. It's gonna be more advanced, no doubt. Yeah, so the exam, you better take the thing now, man. Higher order cognitive skills, oh no. The four existing sections got my mind blown. The new blueprints, they make it really scare me. That's why I'm taking my exam, it's 2016. Task-based simulations, they got them planned. Added to the PEC section, oh man. Total test time will increase by two hours. 16 hours, man, it sounds kind of sour. It's gonna change, yeah man, it's gonna change In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same You better take it now and become a CPA Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change Yeah, it's gonna change, yeah man, it's gonna change In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same You better take it now and become a CPA Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change The way yeah. they test your skill level's gonna be changing Get ready for analysis and evaluation Remembering and understanding and application This 2017 exam is so bad tasting No more CSOs, now they got blueprints Trying to keep things fresh just like a new man But see, I don't want change, I don't wanna do this 2016's off of me, I'm so cool with it And now they got document review Simulation, testing, application, analysis, and evaluation. Increased time allocation, scoring weights changing. And $20 more to take the test, I'm straight hating. It's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah, it's gonna change, yeah, man, it's gonna change. In 2017, it ain't gonna be the same. You better take it now and become a CPA. Cause in a little while, things are really gonna change. Yeah. Go to another71.com and join our CPA exam forum and study groups. It's the largest CPA exam community on the planet.